It's a daily talk show episode 511. And we're at the top of Runyon Canyon. Mm-hmm. We got Ryan Shelton. Hello. Hey, buddy. Oh, I can't believe I made it. I always said, get me on 511. <laughs> and uh, get me at the top. And so we've got you at the top. Mm-hmm. On the top of Runyon, I want 511, and I won't come on until then. You did say less flies, so um, unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of flies here today. Mm. Yeah, they're like the sort of the secret guest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Runyon Canyon because it's, you always, say, like, the, we just had a couple of people in full leather jacket. Like, mm. it's first thing in yeah. the morning, really hot. I didn't even really clock that. That was weird. Mate, it's, <laughs> it's, all, about, it's all about fashion. To yeah. be honest. Well, you're in Los Angeles. Mate, what are you doing here? Um, just, I'm seeing friends doing a little bit of work. Uh, there's not, that's really it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should have had a better story to go with. <laughs> just seeing friends, bit of work. See ya. <laughs> that's it. How long does this episode go for? Yeah, we're, uh, we're done. We're done. Yeah, we're, we're done. done. Yeah, cool. uh, what was the last last time you were in, in LA? When was, when was oh, that? It was probably, th- I think, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But then four years ago, I was here in 2015 for the Back to the Future 30 year anniversary. Oh, that's right. And that was, yeah, that was a that was one of the nerdiest times of my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen a photo in you in the boots or the jacket or something. Yeah. Well, was that was, yeah, that was from that time? Well, it could have been any time in my life, but Is yeah, <laughs> there was certainly, there was, so for those who don't know, Back to the Future 2, um, he goes into the future to 2015. So yeah. in 2015, on the date that he went into the future, these people organized this big, uh, like, convention-y thing that went for five days. It was, it was wild. Like, the people that I met on that were proper fans. Is that something that you nerd out about? I don't so much anymore. I feel like that was like my my swan song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, when you realised that he wasn't there, he hadn't actually travelled to the future in 2015. Yeah, <laughs> was it real? We're all waiting. Three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, it's bullshit. <laughs> oh, Zemeckis. Did you ever feel a pressure to, you know, like Rove did the whole moving to LA thing? Yeah. Uh, did you Did you ever think about doing something like that? Not really. I I don't. Um, I mean, not. I love it here, but it's uh-huh. also. Uh, I find it quite tough. Well, not that I've ever lived here, but I would find it quite tough mm-hmm. if you didn't have a reason to be here. Yeah. Like the. the if you weren't just seeing some friends and doing yeah, work. Yeah. If, if you weren't begging <laughs> slash pitching, which is what most people are like, just spending yeah. their days doing. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like it's quite a. I mean, some people like strive off it, but I, yeah. I don't really I, well, thrive off it. Strive off it? Thrive off it. Both. Um, some people strive, others thrive. Don't, yeah. Some people jive off it. <laughs> yeah, either. Or, yeah. or all of them. Um, yeah, I was saying to my wife last night, I don't think I could do the grind here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard enough. Yeah. Baby's not built Back for home it. in Melbourne where it's, you know, beautiful conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, not the weather shit house, but, you know, it's like, it's much easier that life, I feel, back home. Like, you see the struggle here yeah. in Los Angeles. You, oh, yeah. You see the poverty. It's it's super bad. But there, it's like this weird utopia because you look behind, there's like, how you know, celebrity houses mm-hmm. and then there's a guy with a, you know, trolley. It's, it's, like, it's like a big game of musical chairs and there's like a million people and there's like a hundred chairs but the hundred chairs are like behind four doors that you've got to find special <laughs> keys to get to so even if you get to the chairs then you won't even get a seat that's yeah. it's tricky what like do you that. do when you come to LA like are there certain food places you have to go to or shit well you have I like to do? going to like Cantor's Deli uh-huh. which is like this sort of old old fashioned 
like old Hollywood Jewish deli kind mm-hmm. of place, and that's that's pretty like those sorts of places. I like Mel's Drop, Mel's Diner. We did that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was great. It was one of the f- after uh-huh. we did Runyon. The that other dog's time. wearing shoes. <laughs> Donkey. <dog. laughs> There's another thing, and it's wearing a leather jacket. Wow, that <laughs> is no, amazing. Um, we, we so we got a, a I visa for this trip. It was very lucky that we even got it. We yeah, it was like a media, media visa, which oh. we probably. Like we've done you Esters. Well, yeah, we normally do like the Esters and all, all that mm-hmm. sort of thing, just rock up. And then we had a moment of like, oh, we're going with gear. Maybe we should do it. Yeah, yeah. And I started filling out the form and then halfway through panicked because you have to do all this stuff and you have to have like a consulate appointment. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's really hard. And we yeah. only did yeah. it like a month before we were leaving. But and there's, we and there's no, through. like you pay the money and there's no um, guarantee. Yeah. And so then we, how would we do it otherwise? Yeah, like exactly. we've ruined and we've paid for the flights. What, are you on a visa here or are you? I'm just, just an Esther because yeah. I'm, yeah, because I'm. Business stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's just like meetings and you don't yeah. really, don't really doing proper work. So, yeah, yeah just the, the. I don't know. What's I it like, like with ga- when you were doing gap year and things like that? Doing going overseas, did you guys play in all that sort of stuff, or yeah. did you go? Oh yeah, like yeah. for those things. I mean, I didn't have to do them, but I imagine yeah. there was like, I mean, there was there was like heaps of visas, whatever you call them. Uh-huh. There's a, there was, but I think now because we just did the show Perfect Holiday and we mm. filmed it here, I didn't come over, but for that the visa process was a lot harder mm. it's like now you literally have to like line up at Donald Trump's office and <laughs> ask for permission <laughs> that's what he's spending his days doing just like yes or no to visas um, when we had Andy on he was telling us about uh, the process of selling true stories oh, around yeah. the world and oh, there yeah. was like um, you know that big conference over in is it France where you where there's a bunch of TV shows being sold yeah at Cannes have you yeah. been to any of those festivals well, I went to uh, bef- just before MIP, where True Story got first got sold. Uh, I I went with Tim, who we work with as well, mm. Tim Bartley, and we went over because Warner Brothers got like like they sort of bought the rights or secured the the rights to be able to sell it mm. around the world. So we went to their kind of pre-conference. Uh, I think it was called a creative conference, uh, and we went there and presented the show. Like did like this big. PowerPoint presentation on on True Story, teaching them what it is and blah blah blah. Did you actually cool. get into the tools? Did you like play around with Keynote, add animations and shit? No. Uh, what did we do? I think it was my, maybe even a, a program called Prezi. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Tim likes Prezi. What is that? A free version? <laughs> no, it's like it's all web based. I think. Yeah. I've, I, I mean, it's. I haven't used it. Teachers love it. I think because yeah, okay. you can really just like get into like you can do graphs and it's very good. Shit, I gotta oh, go. We got the NYPD. No, oh, that is LAPD. No, legit is the LAPD. That's exciting. It's ever since it? I said Esther. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that is great. I mean, wow. the other day we saw like a it that is like a military grade helicopter flying mm. over us. Apache. It was almost like a drone thing. There was like multiple. Yeah, it was, probably yeah. was just a shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a film shoot. But that was very low. I wonder if we set them off. Anyway. Yeah, probably. Well, uh, I mean, you don't see a camera that often in LA. They're probably panicking. <laughs> um, how do you plan what you're going to do for a year? Are you, are you looking oh, a year question. ahead? Uh, not really. I mean, it's sort of the strange thing. We are not that... We, we plan a little bit ahead, mm-hmm. but we're... At, well, at Radio Karate, which is mm-hmm. our company, we, we're we very much like a one-show-at-a-time company. Uh-huh. Uh we are so bad at multitasking. Sure. So we, we just do like the one show and then we finish that. And then once that's finished, then we'll go, okay, now what are we going to do? Yeah. As opposed to most normal 
intelligent production companies who have like multiple things going at once because that's a smarter financial thing. But because we all work on it like hands on, we mm. just like we don't want to stop getting to make it. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it a smarter? It may be a f- smarter financial thing, but is it is it is it a smarter creativity thing? Like, are you getting the best? out of the show by just doing one at a time yeah I, well we think so especially the way that we work because yeah. we've the way that we've come up mm. um we started on just making stuff on channel 31 in, in melbourne so we we've just always done it. the way that we do it now is just the, the only way we know mm. and no, nothing's the only thing that's really changed is the scale but the the general way we approach it is, is the same like we all sit in the edit suites together and edit and like it's the same mm. yeah we've committed to do the daily talk show for 10 years there's not is many that right? pe- yeah so there's we're two we're nearly 2 years in we've uh why 10 10 felt like a if if we look at what we love and the things that are out there it takes time yeah and so i think that it's really easy to get a year in two years in three years in and it gets a little bit harder than you quit how many episodes will that be be over three thousand yeah. yeah which doesn't sound like that many it like does. we'll be hitting we'll be hitting <laughs> is there any podcast out there with that uh, many yet? yeah there's one i'm trying keith and the girl which is a new york based podcast they're sort of very uh indie mm. And yeah, they, they were doing it from 05, and I think they're That's, in the 3000s. Yeah, geez. but so Impressive. there aren't there aren't that many people who have stuck to something for a significant amount of time, which is why I think it's exciting for us so with Radio a, Karate. Oh, you yeah. guys, how long how long's that been? For d- doing, doing Radio, radio Karate. Uh, well, we we probably it was sort of a gradual start, mm. but we started pr- like we we made real stories, which was our first proper show. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2006, I think. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, we've done about 3,000 episodes and of that. There was a, the <laughs> mo- <laughs> the, well, there was done there about 3,000 episodes. The, well, there was the yeah, mockumentary. Acknowledge it, Josh. Yeah, just, I've said a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was happy with the response here. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. well, I was literally thinking, no, because when you said that, I was like, hang on, you, before that, you did um, the that mockumentary that was based in a... Um, uh, a house. What oh, the, was the, the Greystone Twenty Eight Hundred. Yeah, true. That was before that. Uh-huh. So, so that was part of a, a Channel Seven pilot that we that didn't get up that we mm-hmm. made at Channel Seven. Yeah. And then that was we took that little sort of one of the sketches that we did as part of that sort of Tonight Show variety mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. pilot thing because it didn't get up. We just took that and entered mm-hmm. it into a into a uh, a short film, this comedy festival short film mm-hmm. competition. And that's what got us real stories. Do you do you remember the the thinking around the time that you didn't get the thing up, so you didn't get the TV show that mm. to see a full season? Yeah. Do you remember what you're thinking then before you started having the wind? Uh, n- nothing. I mean, I wasn't. I just was just thinking. Well, we'll just see what happens. Mm. We were pretty young. Like we were only. We were like early twenties or mm. something. So we didn't. Like, I certainly wasn't thinking it would go anywhere else. Other than, <laughs> I just always thought, well, the next ones, we'll do that and then we'll stop because we don't, I didn't want to be greedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so I never really I never really expected it. I hoped that it would, but I never really expected it to go any further than what it did. So when did you know that it was going to be something that you guys were going to commit to for a longer period of time? Uh, probably after probably after Rove finished. Mm-hmm. Um, when Rove finished and I finished up on... Nova I did like Nova for two years after that that's when we did Gap Year and that was the that was the first time where we kind of 
really broke out on our own mm-hmm. and 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 decided we'd do this show called Hamish and Eddie's Gap Year and then we went to uh, New York and, mm-hmm. and that was that was the first time I was like okay well this is a real thing now yeah. mm-hmm. that what, was in 2011 what does it take to have long business and creative relationships do you think uh, well probably I mean patience mm-hmm. empathy um, probably the big ones I reckon I, th- I, I think especially in a creative in a creative world everyone is just worried if they're good enough mm-hmm. most of the time like even in a team even when you know everyone's got your back I think one of the things that you're constantly maybe this is me just projecting but you <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> yeah, turning into all. a therapy session um, but no it's you, you just want to be contributing enough mm. to make to make your position worthy and so I think in a, especially in a group of friends which we are we've all come up together we've all started from you know, high school together so there are different times where people are doing different things and, and I reckon that the key to it is if you have that kind of empathy understanding of each other and where each other are coming from always trying to think of how can I help the other people that's that's, that's the, the goal at least that's I mean that's the best way to approach it I think we're talking about uh, love languages on ep 500 mm-hmm. um, just and in a team dynamic understanding how Josh needs to be treated or you know told some words of affirmation oh, yeah. that he's doing the gr- something good so How tell him going? something now yeah uh, you're doing good okay. <laughs> yeah nailed it I love for, what you're doing <laughs> for you in that team environment with your mates do you think they understand how to help you along in those yeah. hard times? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and it's taken a long, taken a long time. I mean, I, I work with Hames and Andy, obviously, and so that's they've had this sort of, they've been quite successful. Mm. I don't know if you've been following. Um, who? Um, who yeah. have? No, uh, no. Hamish is the girl. Andy's the guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually, when I came over in the airport, I only say that because. When I was at Melbourne Airport coming over here, the customs guy was asking me what I'm coming over for, mm-hmm. and, and he's just like, "What do you do?" And I said, mm-hmm. "I bit work of work, in- bit of travel, yeah." It was actually the visa questions were easier than what Tommy was throwing at you before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 questions are great. Uh, anyway, so he said, oh, "Oh, who do you who do you work with? What do you do?" So I work in TV. He's like, oh, who do you, "What do you make?" And I said, oh, "Have you ever heard of you know, Hamish and Andy?" And he was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." He goes, and he goes. Hamish is the girl, right? <laughs> I was like, no, Hamish is the guy. Andy is the guy. They're the guys. They're both guys. Yeah. They. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it was funny. So, but, but I think because of that, and because they've been, they've had such a, like, ridiculous meteoric, um, success. Like mm. success. I've within that group. I've just sort of slowly had to find my role within that. Like, how do I support them in that, when. Because I really I perform as well and I write as well and it's 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 been like a really interesting I guess like journey for want of a better term mm. to to sort of figure out how that balance works for my own stuff and it's and it's just great now like mm. I, I've sort of in the last couple of years sort of found that that happy balance between mm. going like well I can just I do my stuff over here and I do this stuff over here. And it doesn't have to be exclusive. Mm. It doesn't have to be just the one thing. I mean, you might not be looking for it, but validation, I think we all appreciate mm. when we know what we're doing is working or connecting. What, what is it for you that is an indicator of or gives you validation? Well, I, I think uh, knowing that people are benefiting or, or 
knowing that it's it, it can help knowing that it's helping people mm. contribution i reckon is the big mm. the big one the what i'm sort of more focused on now because the validation the search for validation is a dark gloomy hole <laughs> because it's sort of it, it's sort of i find it's sort of never enough like you, even if you get validated once then if you if you value that then you're going to keep wanting it mm. and in my in my experience like that's just it's a bit of an empty it's an empty goal so should people not chase that is there is there anything to gain from winning a logie well there, i mean there is in the sense that it might help you get another job mm. and TV networks like Channel 9 really likes it when we win Logies. Yeah. So from that <laughs> point of view, it's beneficial from the point of view that we can then continue to make the show which hopefully makes people happy. Mm. Like that's 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 the only reason why we would like to why we would win one. Have you ever believed the hype where it has then affected you in a in a way that's not necessarily positive? Oh, oh well, I mean, working at commercial in commercial radio yeah. is um, is just a hype machine <laughs> that can just be shut down at any moment, yeah. and th that's a f it's a fascinating world because mm. it's an incredible opportunity that you get. Because I so I did the drive show for two years with. Whipper and, and Monty. That's right. You moved up to Sydney for that. No, no, no. It was in oh, Melbourne. Was that Melbourne? Yeah, that was Melbourne. Monty uh, moved up to Sydney. Monty moved up after that. Okay, so yeah. that wasn't with you yet. Yeah, and so, so that that's an ex example where when you when you join up, like when they sign you up, you're the Messiah, <laughs> like you're the answer to all their problems, and they just love everything you do, and it's it's it feels great. Is that yeah. a setup? Is it a set? Like, is it putting the pressure on? Now that you've gone through it, are there signs where creative, where you can take learnings as a creative where if this is happening, this doesn't mean X? How do you mean, sorry? So, like, I guess if you are the... Was the truth in that whole Messiah thing, do you think that that was beneficial to your growth? Uh, oh, for sure. Okay. Uh, overall, I'm glad... I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. But, but it, it's kind of like the equivalent of what people talk about when they take, like, meetings in LA. Mm-hmm. And people always, often people come back from LA if they're coming over to pitch or to take meetings with agents or whatever they're trying to do. Usually, the hype is is pretty strong in that first meeting because mm -hmm. everyone, no one wants to miss out on the next big thing. So you really, your tires are really pumped up. Like it, it should be a form of life coaching, like just taking first meetings in LA. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it would really make you feel great. But um, but yeah, but I, I think. I've lost my train of thought. So you... <laughs> it's all <laughs> flies. Well, just, just, just think like the commercial radio experience oh, commercial of, radio, of, that's of right, getting yeah. getting in there. Yeah. I find that interesting. So does it does it run out eventually? Like when do, when do the things start to peel away and reveal that actually this isn't all roses? Well, so well it's when if you don't rate well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know this. It's like mm -hmm. if you don't rate well. No, we don't. We rate well. <laughs> <laughs> We've only ever rated well. If anyone knows about not rating, it's you two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm very good at not rating. That's what they get me in for. <laughs> Uh, drive the stock price down. <laughs> bring us. Uh, no, that when you're not when you're not doing well, obviously there. You know, commercial radio station is all about selling ads. Like that's mm -hmm. all they exist for, really. Mm. At the end of the day. So if you're not rating well, they're not selling ads, and you're not doing your job. So I think that was a, a realization I had pretty quickly. There, I kind of went in with rose-tinted glasses, mm. thinking that I can do this differently, and I can 
do it my own way. And then you, you realise pretty quickly that you are one co- little mini cog in mm. an enormous thing mm. and you don't even though you're on the billboard it doesn't you don't really matter yeah that's what I've always found fascinating because it's you're the face of the business mm. but yeah. then there's a whole other thing that needs to happen as well for the business to operate mm. and so d- does it give you a false sense was there a learning over the two years of uh, oh fuck this isn't what I thought it was in terms of oh for sure yeah yeah but but, but I wasn't I didn't. I tried not to be too resentful about it because, if you like earning money, it's great. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. If, if that's if that's a driver, then it's a really good thing. But if that's not the most important thing to you, then it it can be a little bit uh, tough. Mm. Because the, our team was great. Like I loved when we were on air. It was sort of all the other the bits and pieces that mm. came along mm. with it, like all the meetings with clients and and stuff. And I, I mean, you know, you know that that experience you guys will know this experience the integration meetings yeah. Oh, yeah. where you're integrating with a brand so for example if you if you go these flies are yeah, really there's a, few, there is a lot of flies yeah. um, uh, if you go the, the, the boss will come to you and say hey Colgate are really keen on um, they love the show. Hamish and Andy are on at the same time. Like, no, no, they love, they love what you guys are doing. It's like, great. And they're willing to put like a million dollars into the show. Um, we don't say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we, they're willing to put a million dollars into the show and they just love you guys to come up with an idea for a couple of weeks. Whatever you want, they love you guys. So whatever you guys want to do. And you're like, oh, whoa, okay. That's that's cool. So they really love the show. <laughs> Which bits do they love? Uh, and and so never ask that. By the way, no, I know no. it's a dark hole as well. Uh, so you come up with an idea which you think is really fun. You spend like a couple of hours and you come up with an idea, and then everyone's like, "This is great. They're gonna love it." And then they go away and pitch it to Colgate, and then like a day later, guys, th- they love it. They love the idea. Um, they're thinking whether or not you can do something. They really want to focus on mint. <laughs> like they, they really want to focus on like a minty fresh idea mm. like what so their whole thing is like fresh so maybe like an idea that includes freshness and like yeah no no we'll, 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 we like the other idea and like yep absolutely totally no I'll go back to them with it yeah definitely. I know what you mean I know what you mean and so then you go back and they go yeah no they're they're pretty they're pretty keen on the freshness thing um, and then we try and come up with an idea and we can't and we're like we just really like the other one and they're like yep the only thing is so that wouldn't mean we would lose a million dollars so uh, do you, you, if you if you guys don't want to do it if you guys don't want to do it then that's fine I'll just have to go to sales and, and the boss and let them know that you're not keen to support the company give them a million dollars it's like fine we'll do it so that, that's, that, that was most of the time and that sounds like I'm whinging it was an amazing opportunity yeah but they make you feel immediately like you have this control Mm. of the creativity and it's just the job it's like it's just not for me it's the commercial bit in commercial radio (laughs) right it's built it's almost built into the yeah uh, to the name how much are you thinking about audience when when you're doing you know creating things specifically Uh, around the radio stuff well yeah i mean i think for the radio stuff particularly that that's probably the most i've ever thought about it Mm -hmm. because it is because it's a very specific it's a very specific audience who respond to very specific things mm-hmm. and because you're told all the stats that you know people only listen for five seconds like, whatever so the what do you do is. so what were some of the stats and and what were the little hacks that you would do well, to try and i mean these are pretty standard yeah. like radio things but 
that I think they do say that it's like the standard listening time is 15 minutes for any mm-hmm. listener or something like that and in drive time and and because of that the the thing I went into that show thinking was that oh well it's a two-hour slot so you structure a two-hour show mm-hmm. and the thing that they they sort of drum into you pretty quickly is that like no one's listening the full two hours yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a couple of people but the the so what you've got to do is imagine like every 15 minute increment is like a new show and so don't worry about callback jokes or uh-huh. whatever i mean obviously the really good shows with dedicated listenerships mm-hmm. do that like you know martin malloy hames and andy those really great shows that you know have that huge dedicated listener base but when you're starting out you just i had these grand plans of yeah you know I'll, I'll, out of the gates with martin malloy like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's sort yeah. of what i was hoping but it's just obviously it's a different thing did you have a favorite phoner that you did i loved doing well it wasn't i mean i didn't really like phoners but i loved <laughs> i used to do this thing which i kind of just i wish i could just do now because i had so much fun you can. doing it do it now let's do it now no it requires people calling we got some aussies here watching too oh, yeah. that have been walking up runyon uh well no it was the thing where people because people are constantly calling nova uh-huh. or the station all day like for prizes and for <laughs> yeah. things and so i would just go prize pigs prize well we, we we call them pigs behind their back we don't really <laughs> like to call them pigs to their face no, I think um, no prize pigs I think it's I think they stand by it too if you're fucking calling non-stop yeah. it's a bit of a gronk, gronk I, kn- I know a serial prize pig mm. wow. and it's and he he is a unique swine <laughs> wow <laughs> it's a really unique one yeah well I used to I used to go in there and they'd be calling in and I'd just I'd pick up one of them and go and I'd pretend I was an automated Nova oh, great. response. And so I'd just sort of play with all the things that they would have to do to continue the conversation. <laughs> so it's like, hello, welcome to Nova. If you'd like to continue the call, say woof. <laughs> and, and that would just go for 15, 20 minutes. And some people, it was amazing that they would just continue to do these ridiculous things. Like, press five, two, nine, three, six, star, five. <laughs> And there's a beep, 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 Because they won that fucking prize. They, they, yeah. yeah, I mean, they've sat on the phone for probably five minutes yeah. and they can't believe they've got through to something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that was fun. I wish I, I, wish I could do that again. Uh-huh. I really liked that. Uh, what's your relationship with social media? Well, so oh, it's a tricky one. It's, a, it's complicated. It's, a, it's very complicated. <laughs> uh, I, I love it and I hate it, I guess, like many people. Mm. Um, but... I went off it. I went off it for a while. Like I, I was really into it for a long, long time, and I would make lots of videos. And I really got into it. I made like a, a series on Instagram called Cliff. Like a couple of seasons of this stupid. Yeah, it's great. Soap opera called Cliff. It's great. <laughs> Episodes of fifteen seconds, and so I love it from a point of view of exactly kind of like what you guys do, which mm. is just like the ability. There's no middleman. Mm. Direct to audience. Mm. Like that is an incredible resource, and I feel like you're you're good at taking it and applying creativity or creative thinking to it, which it feels like it's not necessarily the mm. default thinking nowadays. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I certainly like it. I, li- I guess I like the platforms when they first start because mm. it's a bit of a fresh slate. Yeah, and I love I loved Instagram so much for that reason particularly when the when the episode when the episodes this in videos for 15 seconds mm-hmm. i feel like now it's obviously become a tv channel like it's yeah, become it's, its own thing well if you have a certain amount of followers you can put on hour-long episodes mm-hmm. or yeah. hour-long shows on instagram tv so it's yeah, yeah. it's changed it's up. like when snapchat first started mm-hmm. i loved snapchat like snapchat when it first started 
from memory, it was you just have your friends yeah. that you post to. And there was no stories at all. You couldn't mm. do it. Yeah, so it, yeah. Was very, it was a personal thing. Yeah. You would do that. I'm in the left, left, yeah. left, 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 <laughs> left, left. Never I'm in the left, 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 left. I'm in the left, left, left until the lift stopped. Can't wait to make that gif. <laughs> that was great content. I remember. And then every time I'm in a lift, I'm always just thinking, I'm in a lift. Uh, yeah, well, it was a great time because it was it was when it was, I'm sure Snapchat still is this, but because the videos disappear mm. after however long, after one watch it was back then. Like mm. people watch it once and it's gone. So it's this sort of, the fear was sort of erased. Mm. You could kind of just do whatever you want mm. without that feeling of, oh, this is just going to live on mm. forever. And that, that that's a... That, that is what I really enjoyed. So, so with social media, I think I, I like it, but I'm very cautious mm. about, about especially the way that it kind of sucks you into mm-hmm. the, the, the validation, the need for the, mm. the kind of clicks and well, the likes. Yeah, well, I think um, some people wouldn't consciously know the why of why they're using it, right? So they, they want to be famous or they want to grow something, build a business and they feel the anxiety around doing the thing. But I think that can even translate to people who have already had a lot of success in their thing. So, you know, you, you, or your TV shows, early days, the radio stuff, that was at a time when these platforms weren't at where they are now. Mm. But did you experience the, like, you almost felt oh, obliged to, I have to do this social media thing? Yeah. And I think probably that's why I backed away from it because yeah. I felt I felt kind of like an obligation to, yeah. and the online presence thing just just doesn't sit well with me. Like Personal I, brand. Yeah, the, the the brand thing just it's never, and that's probably to my own detriment. Like I I know for sure if I had like this this audience that I was constantly mm. main like sustaining and mm. talking to and engaging mm. with, I know that would probably help my ability to get. TV shows. Yeah, but I think challenging that thinking of not everyone can actually handle doing it. Mm. There's some people who just it's it's they wake up they're just checking their phone, messaging back. It's like nothing doesn't they don't feel it. Like I think I feel the the pressure, and I don't necessarily like it, and I don't know how productive that pressure is for you know for the mission we're on with the daily Mm. talk show. Yeah, because how how often are you guys like constantly? I mean, I guess it's it's a it's a pretty consuming project. It's easier when you have a brand that's not yourself that you can post on. So oh, having yeah, the yeah. daily talk show as mm. an Instagram account, it feels like even though it's us, it gives a level of protection that is all of us. Yeah, and so oh, it yeah. doesn't feel that's as like yeah. strongly weighted onto our individual. Yeah, sort of. Because if, if someone calls us a wanker, they're actually calling Josh a wanker. Yeah, so or, I feel yeah, less, we, we can oh, divert I'm only, anything. How to, did you I'm find only that 50% out? a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, true. No, that is good. You can sort of share the wank. <laughs> you got to share the wank. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's good. Only in LA. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so social media, I I, I like it. Um, <clears throat> I kind of I, I wish I'd made more on it, mm-hmm. but there's something about being on it. I just I don't. I, I feel a bit dirty or something. Is it the the connections or whatever, like if you, if you were to remove an element, because they obviously removed viewing likes, so that's yep. that's one thing. But it, w- what part of it do you think sort of spoils the whole thing for you? Well, I went through a phase of, of doing a system where I would post something mm-hmm. and then I would immediately delete the app. Yeah, sure. So I didn't have the temptation to check because even though... And throw your phone out. So you want yeah, it gets yeah, very yeah. expensive. Burn the phone. Um, yeah. Close down the account. Uh, <laughs> it's just really subtle things like that. Uh, but I, 
I, I, I was sort of a, so unconsciously addicted to finding out if it was good or not. And then yeah. I heard someone, oh no, Hugh. So this guy, Hugh Van Kylenberg, who I make this podcast with mm-hmm. called um, The Imperfects. So he told me this, he does this, uh, he has this company called The Resilience Project. And he's done like all this research on, on all this sort of stuff. And one of the things he found out uh, was the, so many of the people employed at Instagram and Facebook who are, whose job it is to keep you engaged, mm-hmm. like to keep you on the app, they all of, if you look at their CVs, they've all come from like uh, slot machines yeah. and poke, poke oh, machines really? because the, the whole idea of a poker machine is just to keep you sitting there, keep playing. And Facebook and Instagram, it's the same. It's just like they all they want need to do is just keep playing. Mm-hmm. And so, so many of the tricks, like the, the pull down to refresh mm-hmm. and even things like apparently on Twitter or Facebook, you know how it sort of takes an extra beat for your notifications thing to show up? Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't actually take that long. But they hold it off. Yeah, it's like the it's like on poker machines because you need spins. to check it because now it's not like uh, it's like this like it's building, a delayed yeah. yeah build of anticipation. Uh-huh. It's like oh, and then another thing apparently is there's I think someone else I forget who told me this but another thing apparently that Instagram does is if you if you take a photo of yourself it can recognise that it's it's your face uh-huh. and it will hold off. So if you, if you post that and then you close the app or you turn your phone off, it will hold that off from people's feeds for longer. Really? Because it plays on your kind of insecurities of like, oh, people don't like the shot of me. Oh, no. And so you're constantly oh. checking it. What about the mm. scene? I think even like the little things like the scene thing in DMs, like when someone's seen your message. Yeah. That can really fuck with you because you're yeah. like, if they say, oh, they've seen it, they haven't written back mm. yet or, oh... They've written something. I can't see the whole mm. message. I want to see the whole message, but I don't want it to show that it's seen. Well, yeah. Well, they're predicting the story we're going to tell about a specific mm. part of it. Yeah. Well, we think we think that we can kind of game the system, but they just know everything we're like we're going to mm. do. They know how we're trying to game the system, mm-hmm. and then just changing the app to do it. So yeah, it's it's not obviously not something I'm like super passionate about, <laughs> <laughs> but but from a creative point of view, it's brilliant. So. Yeah, it's kind of a it's it's hard to find that for me. It's hard to find that balance. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you found the balance in terms of uh, career and what it means, the social media? Uh, not really, because I should. I mean, if from a career point of view, I should be putting stuff up all the time. Mm-hmm. But I just don't feel uh, like drawn to do it for those reasons. That I just there's something about it that doesn't feel quite right. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I I do. I do like it when I do it, mm-hmm. but I'm just, I just haven't got the motivation to do it anymore. And I think it's because of what it kind of represents or something. Where do you spend most of your time in life, do you think? Like, Instagram. What you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, refreshing. Uh, where, yeah, like, we... what, like what, what are you doing? I guess like if we've got these t- two levers, uh, one being time, one being money, I'm cur- curious as to to those two things like what do you spend more money on than most people would spend or where are you prioritizing those two things time and then money uh confronting question (laughs) um time and money i think i don't know well more and more i'm trying to spend time outside of the city Mm -hmm. and trying to kind of 
trying to get out of the kind of hustle bustle. The CBD. The CBD. <laughs> so go down to St Kilda. <laughs> no, get by the water. Yeah, I'll try and like get in like this sort of thing. I, I yeah. really, it sort of seems like a good, it kind of balances me out a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so that that's, that's become an important thing. I've also like more and more in the last couple of years, and this is why I started, why, why Hugh and I started the podcast, mm-hmm. but reading a lot about... Um, about like mental health stuff mm-hmm. and I guess just like self-development stuff has just really interested me. There's a lot, like a lot of people I know, especially in the comedy industry, friends of mine, struggle with depression mm-hmm. a, a lot. And I sort of felt like it was sort of time to figure out how to, how to help them if I could mm-hmm. or how to understand how it worked. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, that sort of, six months ago or something I started seeing a psychologist regularly to of course and it helps me but it also just really I can talk to her about things that my friends are doing and to get an under like how I to get an understanding from someone who actually knows what they're talking about mm-hmm. of how I can help them or how I can what what's the right thing to say as opposed to me just being like a just guesswork guesswork therapy with my friends and what did what did you learn from that experience what was the first psychologist appointment like well the first one for anyone who's been the first couple you feel like you're wasting your money because you're just telling her your story yeah and so you just sort of spend the first couple just going well this is and they don't really say anything well at least in my experience they don't really say anything they're just sort of listening Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and after like two sessions like jesus i'm just doing all the talking here teach me life quickly (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) fixed did you were you um self-conscious of the things because i wonder about a first session, I haven't been to a psychologist, that's something I'd want to try. It feels like I wonder, I'm like, do they want to go like way back? Do they, what, like, do we go like, hey, I've been thinking about this thing that happened like when I was a kid and I always like think yeah, about it. perfect, yeah. Is that what you do? Uh, well, it depends. Like, uh, there are, and there are different types of therapists mm-hmm. as well. Like, so there's, there's like, psycho- like traditional psychologists, like mm-hmm. the woman I see, she works in something, I think it's a, I think it's called like positive psychology, mm-hmm. but then... Sounds shit, positive. Yeah, it's, it's pretty depressing. <laughs> um, but then there's another, there's like another, uh, there's like psychoanalysts mm-hmm. as well. So psychoanalysis is kind of like what you usually see on the movies where people are lying on the couch and, mm-hmm. and, and that's usually something where people aren't, the, the, the therapist isn't saying that much. So you're just sort of the, the the point of psychoanalysis apparently is you just say whatever's on your mind, mm-hmm. even if you think you've got nothing to talk about. You just say like, oh, I'm just thinking about I went for an ice cream with yeah. my friend Sarah yesterday. It's improv. Well, it's a yeah. podcast. It's like what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this. So, but if you haven't, I, I think it's like after now going for six months, mm-hmm. it's something that I just reckon. I just feel like every single person, even mm-hmm. if you think you're the happiest person, you're bound to know someone who isn't. Um, has it you, improved your relationships? Massively. Mm-hmm. Massively. So you help you to help the people around you. Yeah, and myself. Like yeah. I, I yeah. definitely get a lot out of it as well. Like I'm, it's mainly I get the help out mm-hmm. of it. And I luckily don't have any sort of mental ill health or anything. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I've been pretty lucky in that sense. But that doesn't mean I still don't get overwhelmed or mm-hmm. get anxiety about yeah. something. And to, to be able to figure out not only how to get through it but also where it's come from mm-hmm. and why because once you understand the why it kind of makes it a little bit easier to deal with I find and even like everyone's got those relationships in their life that 
that have been like a little bit stagnant for years and it's sort of just it's gotten worse and worse and worse mm -hmm. and you haven't addressed it mm -hmm. and you don't really know why it's weird it's just always been weird mm -hmm. and you know it could be a, a sibling thing or a parent thing or colleague or whatever so do you address that now or no or how do you deal with it with the person yeah well i mean ideally you should but mm. i haven't quite gotten to that yeah. stage yet but that that's the whole point is that you you kind of realize i mean empathy like i said before mm -hmm. is such a big one because once you you know if someone does something really horrible like if someone ran up here and just pushed the camera over mm. uh, they wouldn't go far from yeah, yeah well, once pushing it absolutely yeah. fucking the shit out yeah. of yeah. 97 would you get a dog onto yeah. them yeah. 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 and I'd be right there with you mate yeah. like, oh, seriously <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely slaughter that <laughs> I person would, I would kick their fucking head in yeah oh, I mean match. I believe yeah. it I yeah. believe yeah. it match, Josh. when I think of Josh Jansen I think yeah, beat yeah. their fucking head yeah, in yeah. <laughs> I'd stomp yeah. stomp 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 no more just calm down mate <laughs> we don't have to stop. <laughs> um, put him in a bag. Whoa, okay. oh, Throw him off a cliff. <laughs> Go him. find him. Yeah. Piss on him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, or whatever. Uh, so how's through. the psychology stuff going? So yes, I, so yeah, I'm yeah, obviously yeah. fine. <laughs> We're leveled out. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, uh, so the relationship, because I'm very oh, curious. Yeah. You go, you have all of this growth, but not necessarily, the people around you aren't necessarily growing at the same rate. And so, is yep. it weird? You're a superior being. <laughs> no, is that no, what you're saying? No. So, you're sitting down, like, do you feel like you need to have those conversations? Or, like you said, you weren't necessarily there yet. Mm. Is it you, that you know you need to have some hard conversations, but you haven't yet had them? Well, I, I mean, I, I've, everyone does. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know that, I mean, I've, and they're not bad, they're not really bad, but it's certainly there are things, there are people that you have in your life that, you, that there's a block there there's something yeah. that is that seems a bit and it could be because of the thing that you think it is but it might not be yeah so it could be the it's like ah oh, but I, I I didn't I didn't go to their farewell party when <laughs> they left five years ago yeah and I haven't heard from them since so they're probably annoyed at me about that and so how do you deal with that sort of thing because I guess we can create a story like that's why they're mm -hmm. upset yeah is it is it ill-informed to go up and say, hey, are you upset because I didn't go to your farewell party? I mean, I don't really want to give people advice on it, but, it, but, it's, but I, that's essentially what, it, what yeah. it would be, I think. And, but also, before you do that, it's taking... Because oh, I'm not... I'll try not to get out of my comfort... Out of my expert level here. But <laughs> when, my comfort when, when, when you... Out of my Please comfort zone as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, when you, but when you kind of act from when the when your ego is kind mm -hmm. of in charge of what you're doing you create a story around something yeah so this is what from what i've read at least is that you like if someone goes and pushes the camera down the immediate they're thing, dead because josh is stomped <laughs> absolutely yeah, well, they've, yeah, uh, yeah. Stomp, stomp, stomp. you can have a moment to <laughs> yeah. consider what you've done uh, <laughs> once you've fled the country uh what visa <laughs> the, you'd have to be on an, you'd have an to have I a, visa. A, you could come in and out as much as you, as a stomper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think like so. so but if they, they push come, it over, they push it over. Then it's the immediate thing to go is like they're trying to ruin our show. Mm -hmm. Is the immediate thing that most people would assume, and you go like, "Well, they're trying to ruin our show. That prick. Let's stomp mm -hmm. them." Mm. Um, <laughs> but but what what is what people say is the is the kind of better thing to do is to go like, "Well, that's." who knows if that's true they might be like severely like it could be autistic or something or autistic yeah. or mm -hmm. who knows what's happening with mm -hmm. them so the people say that the first thing you should always do in those situations is like to remove 
how it's affecting you and affect like mm-hmm. what the, remove the story and just empathize with what they could be going through. Mm. Do you reckon it's harder being empathetic in such a uh, in a city that has such a disparity? Like I feel like yesterday I had a moment where a guy was asking for a quarter. I didn't have any money. And then I was like, ah, oh, if I did, like, he's an old guy, he's at the bin, he's going through the bin. I'm like, if he's at that level. Yeah. And so, do you think that, like, being more of an empath or thinking that way, does it make life a little bit trickier as an individual? No. I, well, I think, I think if you do it consistently, I think it would make you extremely happier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think it's because that's essentially just kindness. How's that changed? How does that change your actions? Do you think? What are you doing? Well, it lowers now? your anxiety levels massively because mm-hmm. you're not taking on these. You're not making up these fake stories that then get you angry and annoyed. Mm-hmm. It's like this. The, the mm-hmm. getting annoyed in traffic is the kind of classic one mm-hmm. where someone cuts you off. Well, the fuckwits though in traffic. Well, yeah, yeah you, you fucking stop them. But then <laughs> <laughs> you get out of your car, stand in front of the yeah, car, you get them stop out. You no, stomp. don't stomp them in America. There's, there's guns, so we just we're actually we're actually. Mm-hmm. Very well, but like in America, I don't get annoyed at all. Well, you're going to get sued. Yeah, if you I do haven't something stomped wrong. anyone in America. Yeah, no, no, I've only been here a couple of days. Actually, very chill. Yeah. You wouldn't on your visa. You guys anyway. haven't stomped yet? No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. We could yeah. though. Yeah, with the sort of yeah. You keep pushing; it's yeah. going to happen to you. <laughs> you just don't know. There are some absolute fuckwits, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, that, that's that's the sort of in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of stuff that that I've been like thinking a lot about, and it's it's really. It's really fascinating. Yeah. To what me. does it mean yeah. to be an individual uh, in a creative team? Mm, really good question. That's a great one. Um, well, it's to put aside your. It's probably to put aside your individual goals, but not, ign- not but but also acknowledge your individual strengths. Mm-hmm. So to know your to know what your strengths are in a team, and realize that well, that's how I'm going to be the best teammate mm-hmm. is to do my best. But that means that I have to be like acknowledge what am I really good at? Mm-hmm. How am I going to be, but not like, but what am I really good at within this team? Not like, well, I'm really good at footy. So I could go and, I could go and <laughs> yeah. start a footy team. Yeah, with all them. these other losers around can't play footy. <laughs> yeah. But I can. Yeah. So it would be, I, I think that. Do you to need to have to, com- do you have to communicate your strengths like if you're in a team where there's someone who has a similar strength to you does it become a game of who's who has the better strength oh well that probably that would be a thing i mean i think luckily in the team that i'm in mm-hmm. where we've got a pretty diverse um a mm-hmm. good mix mm-hmm. and balance of of strengths what about something more universal like being the funny guy yeah so say if i want to be the funny guy but Tommy also thinks that he's the funny guy. Well, that's, yeah, that's tricky. So, ha- like, how, how do you work out those, like, more sort of holistic or themes in regards to, like, hey, in a team, there can be more than one funny person. Definitely, yeah. And so then what's the... How do you then deconstruct it to the point where you're getting individual strengths that can work together? Well, I think then that's sort of like a radio skill, which is just generosity, like mm-hmm. generous performing where you... Where if you... Obviously, the funnier you both are, the better the show is going to be, and the more successful mm-hmm. it, it is. Um, so, the, the the worst case scenario is both of you just trying to be the funniest mm-hmm. individually, and it becomes competitive. That's never fun. Well, I think that's what's good about like we're not comedians, we're not even a comedy podcast. 
So it does take the pressure off a little bit. Total, oh, for sure. Mm. But if but the, the the better way to do it would be like, how can I make your like, yeah, how yeah. can I make Tommy funny? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I could that's, write his jokes. Yeah, I mean that's where like <laughs> you should. I'll have to feed him lines. All right, Tommy. Before we start, here's 20 different bits. <laughs> now just you try and do them, and I'll laugh at them. Oh, that's he's good. actually yeah. he's actually done that before, given me a bit, and I've delivered it way better than yeah. he did. Yeah, absolutely. And then he does his own bit. And yeah, it never goes well. Bombs. Yeah, what yeah. was the bit? Okay, what was and the Nando's. bit? Oh, there was some Nando's bits. There's, yeah, a bunch of times. You write bits. Oh, yeah, I've done some bits. He's the bits guy, oh. but then bombs on the bits. So, well, we did a Nando. So we were emceeing a Nando's event, oh, and I'm like, oh, well, I need some bits. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I want to do a a bit on Perry Bastings and how hot they are. Yes, of course. And so. What the the bit was was I was going to say, okay, everyone, I just thought I'd check the temperature in the room. Yep. Have we got any lemon and herbs in the room? Who loves lemon and herb? And I went through them all. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. The thing is, I was panicked. <laughs> I was panicked, and so that bit came out. Oh uh, yeah, hey everyone, welcome. I was just talking to Cap from Nando's, and we we're over at the sources, and so I was thinking about what sauce you like. <laughs> And so the whole temperature bit went away. And then did that, but did the audience know that you were kind of like... No, they didn't know it was a bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, they no. thought it was just general like yeah, improv yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think what we've built is something where we can, in the moment, get meta about the shit that yeah. we fucked up or what's happening. The Nando's yeah. thing we didn't though. Not, not no, there, no, but no, no. post. It's like, yeah, so the story yeah, yeah. actually comes from it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that and you did that. At 500, I got to do the temperature bit, yeah. how it was mentioned, Check. because Nando's was catering the event. And so I got to... Were, uh, the, the, the event that they were... The EP500. Oh, so they, afterwards, yeah, right, so yeah. we did the event for them, okay. for some uh, influencers, hashtag influencers, and then the following two weeks later, they were there, and so I got to do the bit do in the its bit entirety. And, and it went really yeah, well. It went really well. There was a supportive... Oh. Crowd. Well, because yeah. they'd heard yeah. the trauma of like <laughs> after and all that sort of thing. Um, oh, it's nice. Personal wins in your career versus the ones where you've been in the creative team. Mm -hmm. So working with Radio Karate and the success you guys have had, mm -hmm. but then the radio show that you land, which which one felt bigger and which one was more satisfying uh, at an individual level or a team? Yeah. Do you mean Radio Karate or the radio show? Or even, no, yeah. more like individual stuff, even like looking at the stuff that you've done with Cliff or, the, or even... Um, well, Rove was probably like... Being on the, on the, on the Rove show was probably, mm -hmm. probably one of my favourite things because that was a... It was this sort of weird time where I had this really great platform but this strange level of freedom mm -hmm. to explore what I was what I could actually do mm -hmm. uh, that was I mean individually but also with Tim like Tim and I made all of the segments I did we made them together mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and that was a really good learning thing and so I think from the start of when I was on Rove till the end of when I was on Rove I developed what felt like a a style of sorts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at least for that for that point in my life and that was and that was great that was that was really fun but then from the from the team point of view doing doing true story mm -hmm. was uh was pretty amazing because that was a huge collaborative that's like hundreds of people mm. in the throughout the life of the show that you get to collaborate on and now we're because we've we're, we're now selling it to other countries who are making it themselves we get to kind of travel and go to these countries and like consult on their versions of true story so that that from that point of view that was a really fun 
team thing. What happens to creativity and comedy when you get older? Like as you get, has it has it changed? Gets dirtier. (laughs) Real filthy. Real creativity and comedy. And so think it like, I guess, I was just imagining those rove days of you and Tim just with the camera going out and being zany and just fucking getting in, yeah. getting out there versus the posture you would bring to it now. Well, I guess the more you learn, the more, the, the, maybe the more cautious you are. <laughs> yeah. And so when, you, when you're starting out whether you're younger or or not, but when you're starting out, you kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit because you don't know what you don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you do know it, then that's another box you have to tick before you start. Yeah. So, I mean, we're still able to do... Like, Cliff is, is... like believe it or not we were throwing caution to the wind with Cliff <laughs> there wasn't a lot of consideration that went into Cliff except for a, a shopping trip at uh, Kmart where I bought a wig and some pyjamas uh, but other than that but does it get a little bit harder do you think or or, or no, no no it doesn't get harder it just it just changes a little uh-huh. bit uh, if anything some of it gets easier because mm-hmm. you you kind of know how to do it more mm-hmm. and you know what mm. you need and you know why something's not working you can fix it and it doesn't become stressful, it becomes like a, an exciting challenge mm. to fix something. What does Holiday Ryan do that uh, local Melbourne Ryan doesn't do? Um, stomp people. <laughs> no, he doesn't when he's no, here. No, I, I stomp in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't tell anyone. But I am I'm a pretty regular stomper. Um, other than that, I don't, well, I don't know, I guess... I guess you see people that you wouldn't normally see. It's like your routines completely change. Mm-hmm. And especially being here, uh, even though I've only been here for a couple of days, it's, it's the pace is very different. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're more adventurous? Do you go out more? Are you... Uh... Uh, it's the same, I think. I think it's pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like it's that much different, to be honest, except for obviously where you are. Mm-hmm. But because I don't I don't have children or mm-hmm. anything, anything like that, I'm... Um, it's sort of a similar it's a similar sort of thing mm. yeah and so you were you spent how long in New York how long were you guys there uh, in, we were there for four months mm-hmm. in 2011 and we did a bit of travel around but it was yeah that woman I that was an, that was a great that was a great time stressful but uh-huh. that was a great time doing gap year there did you feel like you lived there or did it always feel temporary uh, no I think there was a time where we felt like we lived there because we mm-hmm. were working so hard and really got a sense of what you think what I think that most New Yorkers do which is just work so much Mm -hmm. and then go out for dinner at 9 or 10 and then get up and just do it all again Mm. it's like I mean here's the same you get the sense that people are just working so hard Mm -hmm. so many emails going around it's um, people treat email like text here yeah yeah well we caught up with someone yesterday who said that they'd been in uh, meetings since 8am it was 5pm when we finished with them Mm -hmm. and they hadn't even started their emails it's like that's yeah, then you're getting Full into the days. flow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After when you get home. Yeah. I mean that's some people love that mm. as a regular thing. It's, I'm not really I need the balance of mm-hmm. not working and working. Like the constant grind is not really for me. Yeah. Is there anything that you took from that New York experience that you actually brought into your work ethic or just your lifestyle? Um eating pizza. <laughs> yeah, n- well I, th- I think I think I think it was it was because working in a different city mm. is is can be a little bit confronting or mm-hmm. scary or you get that kind of cultural shock, but then at least in 
TV, you realise pretty quickly, that even though we were working in New York with American crews and stuff, you realise that they know it. They, they're all making it up like we are. Like, no one really knows what they're doing, even though they might put on a on a on a persona of knowing exactly what's going mm-hmm. on like with with confidence you find out pretty quickly that uh you're full of shit or and so is the confidence good or bad like do you walk around with more confidence or do you think that well it, it just it made us realize that oh we're we actually we're actually doing okay mm-hmm. we, yeah. we know we know just as much as they do in a lot of cases and without when without wanting to sound like arrogant or anything but everyone once you do something for a while you just figure out mm-hmm. how things work <clears throat> but there was certainly when going over to new york i certainly had a sense a feeling of like oh god this is america like they're going to mm. be everyone's going to be the best in the world mm. at what they do and then you realize oh they're all just like australian crews it's just the same yeah, yeah. but also sometimes not even as uh well-rounded because like they uh don't have to like they can be very specific in the roles whereas i guess in australia like filmmakers you have to be good at heaps of different things yeah well yeah i mean that's it's certainly a thing even like even being here a couple of days in australia especially now there's much it's much more of a culture of if you if you're a creator mm-hmm. you've probably come up making doing everything you probably mm-hmm. know how to edit a bit yeah, yeah. we know a bit of writing and you've done you've done all different things but mm-hmm. here maybe it's changing but certainly the tradition in in america is it's very unionized mm-hmm. and you're a, you're a writer or you're an editor and you rarely cross over yeah like the writer directors are in that indie world and i guess it's they're getting more into marvel and those big blockbuster things now but but more often than not especially in television it's very segregated mm. very as opposed to like australia or england which is very much like if, it, if you write a TV show, it's usually one writer or two writers who've created it and then they write the whole thing mm-hmm. and then they're the people who make it. But in America, it's like a writer's room of 10 people. How much are you writing? Generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Well, at the moment, a lot because mm-hmm. I'm sort of like hurriedly trying to finish this script while mm-hmm. I'm over here. Um, but even at back home, I write a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in- sort of like the, my happiest time is writing. Uh-huh. Yeah. When's your best writing happen, do you think? Uh, in cafes, yeah, yeah. When I when I work in cafes, I, for some reason that is a that's a good, inspiring place for mm. me. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the cafes. Maybe it's like the just everything everything's happening around you. You can zone in on your mm-hmm. yeah. It also thing, stimulation I, I, and the, and people can kind of almost see your screen. So I feel guilty if I'm on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like if people can kind of walk past and see that I'm fucking around, I feel guilty yeah. for not working. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm at home, I'll get distracted do you feel inspired in a place like los angeles to to write more yeah well definitely definitely because everyone you just see everyone doing a lot yeah and there's just so much more opportunity well there's more chairs mm. yeah there's i saw ch- i mean we went to a cafe to meet a mate the other morning and i saw one person doing an edit another person over here write it looked like they were script mm-hmm. writing mm. in that script yeah. writing program it is everywhere. Yeah, we saw someone yeah. with the new AirPods. I mean, it's the place oh, to be. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see them. Yeah. Well, they well, look quite good. Our ones look fucking shit now. Yeah. I know yeah. threw them off the cliff. You should have. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the Stomp big smog. <laughs> yes, Tom, definitely. Um, yeah. Mate, thank you for coming on the show. It, well, five eleven. 5.11, finally we got here. Yeah, we did, we did it. it. Now we've got to walk all the, all the way down. I think I'll just stay.
Uh, it's a daily talk show hi at the daily talk show.com is the email address if you want to send us an email uh, otherwise you can also uh, share if you like the show on Instagram uh, tag the daily talk show otherwise see you tomorrow guys see you yeah. guys and if you want any of these flies just write in because we'll have a <laughs> they, bunch of these uh, absolutely annoying yeah. you don't realise until you're doing a podcast how many flies there are in podcasts generally <laughs> just, <laughs> no, I feel like being here standing still all oh, of a yeah. sudden you ah, become yeah, more yeah. self you always hear Mark Maron complain about the flies <laughs> on his, in his garage <laughs> catch you guys see you guys